Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to have you along for the hour. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Lots to get to per normal in this 11 a.m. hour. Let's look at the show lineup for this Tuesday edition of our program, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, news and headlines coming out of the day and plenty to get to. A couple recruiting notes for IU basketball of interest. Also, Indiana football uh, looking at ways to modernize Memorial Stadium. That is great news for the future of the IU program. There's no question about that. Memorial Stadium could use a boost, could use some freshness to it, and it sounds like that is somewhat on the agenda, according to a release that was sent out yesterday from IU Athletics. Also, this really doesn't have anything at all to do with Indiana, but yesterday a key incoming freshman for the University of Louisville, who was in town on campus, had NIL deals announced he was going to leave college, leave the city of Louisville, and go overseas and play professional basketball for a year or so until he is draft eligible. So when you think you're starting to figure out the new world of college sports and NIL and how all this stuff works and roster management and how different it is, This is a first for me. I'm sure it's happened elsewhere, but to see someone get through the entire summer of workouts and get back on campus ready to go for classes and then all of a sudden make a late switch, not to another college, but to completely forego college and go the professional route, that is just where we're at and how different things are. And uh, what a loss for the University of Louisville and Kenny Payne yesterday, a very talented player. His name, Trenton Flowers. So we'll talk some about that today in the program as well. And, of course, we're getting ready for high school football on Friday night. Silver Creek and Charlestown is the game of interest, but week one is always interesting. I could go through every game on the docket with Clark and Floyd County teams and tell you something or multiple things that makes that team, that game interesting as we try to figure out what the season is going to look like here locally with high school football. Later today, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will check in. Mike is with us on Tuesdays. We'll talk IU football. We'll get into some IU basketball and recruiting as well with Mike 
in his segment today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are still being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. The Thornton's text line. You can send in questions, comments, opinions, whatever you want. Predictions for high school football. I'd still like to know more about what listeners think when it comes to a projected win total for IU football. I'll tell you what I think a little bit later today. Uh, So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. Let's get into our headlines as we begin segment one. First off, Indiana Athletics announced yesterday it's taking the first step to look at opportunities to modernize its home for Hoosier football, Memorial Stadium. IU Athletics recently engaged a company called Nations Group, one of the country's premier sports planning and advisory firms, to assist in this effort related to the home of IU football. The release went on to say, quote, a large swath of IU athletic stakeholders, including ticket buyers, fans, donors, and business leaders, among others, will receive a secure online survey soliciting feedback on a wide array of topics related to modernizing the facility and the game day experience for Hoosier fans. Uh, Things that were mentioned in this release that will be talked about or asked about in the survey Uh, A reimagined concourse, new social gathering spaces, upgraded concessions and restrooms, and a series of enhanced premium seating options and locations. So um, if you go to many IU football games, if you're familiar with Memorial Stadium, I think you'd agree that there are some upgrades, uh, if, if you, especially if you look at other Big Ten stadiums, uh, there are definitely some upgrades that could be needed. M- Memorial Stadium has had, I think, what, back in 2018, a second renovation, which was the IU Excellence Academy that is attached to the uh, football uh, facility. I think it's m- but medical rehabilitation, nutrition, uh, some of that sort of stuff, in- including leadership and life skills center was part of that most recent renovation. It was a major renovation project uh, there at Memorial Stadium. So it's had some work recently. It's not completely outdated, but there are some things that, as you look around at others, I think could definitely uh, be updated and some improvements be made. So that doesn't change any of the unknown for this season with the team on the field, but long-term for IU football, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with this new super Big Ten conference and all the new additions coming. Uh, Programs in every sport are going to have to have every little advantage they can to compete in this, as I always say, new world of college athletics. And so Indiana trying to do the best it can with football to make some necessary improvements. Also, another IU football note, uh, defensive lineman Andre Carter. uh, He has been selected to the Bednarik Award watch list 
which is for the nation's best collegiate defensive player and the redshirt senior, Andre Carter from Indiana, uh, among the preseason candidates for that award. So good for him. This is Carter's first season in Bloomington. He was at uh, Western Michigan for five seasons, uh, 47 games he played at Western Michigan. So uh, obviously being on the defensive side of the ball, Carter isn't a name that We'll talk about a lot or probably gets much praise, but he is an incoming player of interest for sure that we just don't know a lot about that you would think being a five-year veteran at Western Michigan with his stat line would be able to help the IU defense. So we will see, but definitely wanted to pass that along today. And, uh, of course, the news of the day, we were able to catch this yesterday just as we went off the air, Indiana basketball. We now know the matchups for the Empire Classic at Madison Square Garden, which is going to begin on Sunday, November 19th at the famed arena there right in Manhattan. And Indiana will take on Connecticut in the first semifinal. The second game will be Texas and UofL, that game to follow the IU game. And then the following day on Monday, November 20th, a third-place game scheduled for 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the championship game later in the evening. Television and broadcast coverage to be announced at a later date, but I got news for you. They said it was a drawing for that uh, tournament, that little four-teamer. Absolutely not. Indiana and Connecticut were paired together in that first game for television purposes, I believe, and I'm sure it's going to be on ESPN or maybe even a national network, especially those Sunday games. But uh, Indiana's first appearance at Madison Square Garden since they beat UConn back on December 10th, 2019, 57-54 was that score. That was part of the Jimmy V Classic. And this is the IU's second time going to the Empire Classic. They last participated in that event back in 2013. And, of course, for Mike Woodson, it's kind of a homecoming. He's going back to a city where he spent a lot of time as a basketball coach in the NBA, spent a lot of time for the New York Knicks. In fact, he played for the Knicks in the early 80s and then returned as a coach back in 2010, 2011, uh, and then was there again in 2020 through 21 and the head coach of the Knicks uh, 2012 through 2014. So he's got some rich involvement there at uh, Madison Square Garden with the Knicks organization. He'll be back there this time leading the Hoosiers against Connecticut. And a lot of people I know want to see Indiana Louisville. It would be great to get that on the regular season schedule uh, as a game that matters in the non-conference for both teams. I know it's hard to do with all the different opportunities out there nowadays, but if both teams lose, and I think if you look at things on paper, both Indiana and Louisville are not going to be favorites, I don't think, in either of their first-round games. So they probably would be projected to play each other in the third place game, which if you're going to lose and play for third place, it would be a very interesting consolation game to see the Hoosiers and the Cardinals hook up uh, at Madison Square Garden. Recruiting note for IU basketball, Braylon Mullins of Greenfield Central. He's got some momentum with his recruitment. Indiana, very involved with him, six foot five guard from Greenfield Central High School, which I believe is just to the east of Indianapolis. Mullins, one of the top shooters in the state. He had a great summer on the Adidas circuit. He actually has scheduled two visits to the IU campus 
over the next few months. According to the Daily Hoosier, Mullins will visit Bloomington on September 19th and then again on October 20th. I think the first visit lines up with the home football game, if my memory serves me correctly. And then the second visit on October 20th, that is the date of Hoosier hysteria. And then also Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, who joins us in just a bit, he says Trent Sicily, another key in-state player who is probably a bigger get, at least at this point, than Mullins, if Indiana could land him, will also be on campus for Hoosier Hysteria. Sicily has made a number of visits to the Indiana campus as well so far in the early stages of his recruiting. Remember, Mullins has a lot of scholarship offers. Most of them until the last few weeks have been mid-major schools, but Indiana, I don't even know if Indiana is actually officially offered, but Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, Cincinnati, and Iowa, they have definitely offered him scholarships over the last few weeks and I think it's possible Indiana if they haven't does offer a scholarship really soon that's a look at our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program Thornton's text line is open 502-414-1450 again 502-414-1450 if you got a question for Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Again, I'd love to know your thoughts on a win total for Indiana football. I'll give you mine a little bit later in the program today, but we'd love to get your questions and comments at 502-414-1450. We'll head to a commercial break. Week one of high school football coming up on Friday night and perusing the schedule. I know we've talked a lot about Charlestown and Silver Creek. Those coaches set to join us a little bit later in the week. Clarksville, they open up on Friday night at Scottsburg. Floyd Central, a big challenge at Louisville St. X. Jeffersonville will host Whiteland on Friday night. New Albany takes on a tough Franklin team. Providence hosts Indianapolis, Washington. And that is a look at the week one schedule for high school football here in southern Indiana. We are almost to the start of the season coming up a little bit later this week. Stay with us. We'll be back with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. The program Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier joins the program in this segment to talk IU basketball, football, and more. And the Thornton's text line open, 502-414-1450 is that number. If you have a question comment, you'd like to chime in on something related to IU or whatever it may be for Mike, you can do that now. Mike, welcome in. IU football fall camp continues. And as we get ready for the season and think about what this team could look like, a big announcement from the school yesterday that they are thinking ahead strategically on potential improvements in the future to Memorial Stadium, which I think would be much welcomed by the IU football program and by fans that regularly attend games as well. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I, you do hear a lot of chatter uh, from the fan base about the what I would just call the, the fan experience at Memorial Stadium. 
Um, you know, things like the, the concessions, the restrooms, the, uh, the concourse areas, things of that nature. And, and I think IU has a, a vested interest in, in increasing the uh, quality of that stuff, stuff because, as you know, as everybody knows, uh, IU football has a long and storied history of, of not keeping the fans in the stands throughout the course of the, the entire game. Um, a lot of that has had to do historically with the product on the field at times, but ne- nevertheless, um, it, it all goes hand in hand. Um, and it's, um, it's kind of interesting timing too, because, you know, Tom Allen, I was on the record a few weeks ago saying that, you know, you've got this tension between, you know, NIL money and facilities money, um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what feedback they get, how they go about handling it, you know, where the, where the funds come from, a lot of variables to consider. But it, but it is a, um, you know, what is it, 63-year-old stadium. So it, it definitely, you know, you, you have to attend to that stuff from time to time. All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, IU football. Mike, fall camp continuing. Uh, I don't know that you get a chance to see much of practice. What do they have open to the media? What have you guys been able to see? So they, they do have, um, gosh, probably they've probably had seven or eight practices that have been open for, for a portion of the practice. Either I've been or Seth Toe's been for, for the Daily Hoosiers along with other media. I've been to those open practices at the, the actual facility next to Memorial Stadium. And, and it's, it's obviously filtered in terms of what the media gets to see. It's more of the, um, the drills. You know, they, they separate into, position groups and do drills and things of that nature. We, we did get to go on Saturday to the actual scrimmage uh, and watch from the press box. That, that comes with the kind of the expectation that we, it's kind of off the record and we, we're not going to report out on details, especially not like, uh, you know, that things we saw with, you know, how, how players performed and, you know, you know, depth chart and, you know, definitely not, uh, anything with regard to, you know, scheme, you know, what, what they're looking to do on offense or defense. So, so it's just more off the record to, to get a sense for what's going on and, and you know, maybe kind of, you know, what you observed and shape your, your writing and coverage going forward. But, you know, not, not too much we can really talk about from that. Yeah, absolutely. Talking with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. We are weeks away now from the first game. Unfortunately, Mike, the first game is Big Ten power Ohio State, who's not only expected to be at least one of the teams at the top of the conference, but maybe at the top of college football as well. Who is your Big Ten pick this year? Is it the Buckeyes? Is it the Wolverines? Who do you think is going to be at the top of the conference based on what you know here in the preseason? Yeah, I mean, I think people have kind of, gravitated more towards Michigan and it's probably because of you know a little bit more comfort with, with who they've got coming back they, they lead both offensively and defensively in terms of returning production from last year and they you know they've defeated Ohio State two years in a row now uh, so it seems like that's the more logical pick I believe their game against Ohio State is in Michigan as well if I'm remembering correctly so there, there's a lot of things to point to to, to like Michigan but you know those are two elite powerhouse programs that, you know, either one of them two would certainly not be a surprise. And it's, it's always easy to forget about Penn State, but they are preseason top ten as well. So, so right there in the conversation as well. I mean, that, clearly the interesting thing with Ohio State, very similar to IU right now, is, you know, what they're going to do at quarterback. They, they have a ongoing competition at fall camp, just like Indiana 
uh, there's been, you know, at least mentions by Ryan Day of going to a two quarterback system to open the season. So that, that'll be something to keep an eye on. And they did have some meaningful losses up front on their offensive line. So I think that's a situation that's developing. So, um, you know, while it's not great for Indiana to have to open a season against Ohio State, it's probably not the worst time to catch them as they kind of sort some things out. Absolutely. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Back to IU football. You mentioned Ohio State's quarterbacks. I don't know that we know much more after the scrimmage with the Big Ten Network guys there on Saturday. We talked some about this yesterday on the show, but from what we were told, and it was relayed through the BTN crew that was there, neither guy really stood out, and it doesn't sound like either one of them made a case to be the surefire starter in week one. Yeah, I mean, I think that's reasonable. When I saw what the BTN guys had to say uh, about the day on Saturday, I, I didn't disagree with much of that, that they had to say. I mean, I I think you got two guys and Taven Jackson and Brendan Soresby who are just not experienced, and that comes through a little bit. You know, both, both you know, they're, they're pretty similar guys as well. Both run well, but not great. Either one would certainly be an upgrade over what we saw last year from Connor Basilak. Um, you know, probably kind of in between him and Dexter Williams is, is kind of where I'd put those two. But but I think serviceable runners, uh, they're, they're going to be able to escape the pocket. They're, they're going to be able to, to move the chains with their feet if necessary. Um, and both have what I would call as respectable but not great arms. I think Tom Allen, you know, when he was asked to compare them, you know, he highlighted Soresby's arm. I, I've seen Soresby make, you know, those challenging cross-field throws that, you know, not everybody can make. So I, I, would, I don't even know that I'd say that's an advantage he has over Jackson, that their arm, arm talent looks pretty comparable to me. I'm certainly not the expert on, on judging uh, everything about a quarterback, but it seems to me that they're comparable in a lot of ways, and this truly is a, a tough decision. Um, you know, if, if I don't think Allen's going to come out and say anything before the first game but if it, if it continues to have the feel that you know they, they truly don't know which i think they don't know right now um I, I think it's reasonable at some point to ask you know could they consider going into the ohio state game with two quarterbacks um you know last year Allen was asked about that and was pretty adamant that he wouldn't want to do that but it was a different situation because basilac you know had multi-years of you know experience in the sec that he could, you know, reasonably rely on, at least he thought he could. Whereas this time, you know, neither guy has really anything from an experience standpoint that would give a coach comfort to go into that first game. And, you know, obviously the IU folks aren't going to say this, and, you know, people might get mad at me for saying it, but I think you go into the Ohio State game expecting to lose. So it may just be a situation where, you know, put these guys out there, both of them out there against top-end defensive talent, and see how they do. And, you know, somebody even in the game emerges as a really, you know, really impressive in the game, then let them run, let them go. But otherwise, it, it may be best to just have that extra game of, of competition to, to see who actually emerges against the team of the caliber of Ohio State. Indiana always seems to have a quarterback uh 
race until the very end. Uh, often we don't know until sometime right before the game or the first snap exactly who's going to be the starter. And it sounds like we could be headed to a similar situation again this year. Mike, another IU football question I have for you is, as we read up on this team and think about this team, a lot of new faces, a lot of roster turnover from last year, and I believe some fairly important pickups for Coach Allen from the transfer portal. Is there one pickup from the portal that you're most interested in that you've heard good things about that you think might be a difference maker for this team? Yeah, I'll give you one on each side of the ball that that really has stood out to me and and the coaching staff has started to really, you know, speak speak praise on their names as well. And that would be um, Andre Carter, who's a defensive end from Western Michigan, um, you know, really big athletic dude, just, you know, guy that I think is going to, you know, put a ton of pressure on quarterbacks or at least, you know, draw a lot of attention from offenses, uh, whereas he might free up the pass rush from other places because, you know, he's drawing those double teams, drawing so much attention that, you know, a guy like an Aaron Casey at linebacker or, you know, defensive end on the other side or somebody from the bowl position is able to, to generate a lot of production and stats because of all the attention Carter's getting. Carter's a guy that, you know, has already proven, you know, at, at a lower level that he can be very productive in the pass rush. And, and I think, you know, based on what the coaches are saying, based on what I'm seeing, I think that's going to translate. Um, but, you know, like everybody else, he, he's going to go up against very polished, uh, talented uh offensive lineman in the first game so we'll see how that goes real quick and then on the other side of the ball you know Clemson transfer wide receiver EJ Williams is a guy that kind of came in under the radar even though he's from from uh, Clemson um, you know a guy that was really on an NFL trajectory I would say as you know several Clemson receivers have been in the past played a lot as a freshman and improved as a freshman in 2020, um, had a really big uh, game against Notre Dame in the ACC championship that year. And then, you know, had some injuries, had some drops, had a couple quiet seasons uh, in his second and third years at Clemson and, and came to IU kind of under the radar because of that because people weren't really sure what he was going to be able to do and if he was really headed in the right direction with his career. But I can tell you from his, you know, just his size, his um, his focus on things like blocking and you know his his route running and speed. He's the complete package as a wide receiver. I could really see him, you know, being a guy that, that has a breakout season for a second time in his career at this level. I mean, he, he you know, the, the unfortunate thing with Indiana that I see right now is they are you know very talented at wide receiver. They're very talented at running back, but in order for that all that you know, talent to shine through. They they really need the offensive line to take a step up, and they really need the quarterback to be di- a dynamic dual threat. And I think you know those are the big questions. I don't think there's much question that they they have what they need at the at the skill other skill positions to to be impactful this year. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. You can read his work at thedailyhoosier.com and follow him on social media at daily underscore Hoosier, a great follow, great resource. Mike, let's get into IU basketball now. Yesterday, just as we went off the air at noon, uh, we found out it's going to be Indiana and Connecticut at Madison Square Garden to start the big Empire Classic event. Yeah, great matchup. Um, I, I 
was telling anybody that would listen that I thought that that's what it would be, uh, purely from a TV standpoint. TV's driving that decision, and it, the only way you could get the what I would call the marquee ratings matchup of IU and UConn is to make sure it was the first game because if people don't know, this is a two-day event in New York, uh, the, the week of Thanksgiving, or, or I guess the Sunday and Monday before Thanksgiving, and it's basically like a, a four-team tournament. So you play on Sunday, and then the, the winners play and the losers play. So the only way you got that UConn matchup was to guaranteed is to have them play on Sunday. Uh, so that's exactly what we got. It'll be the, the second year in a row that Indiana has played a defending national champion after going out to Kansas last year. Um, you know, they're, they're going to, right now, I, I don't know if this will hold up in actual voter rankings, but if you look at things like Bart Torvik and other uh, advanced measures, UConn's number three, according to, to his rankings, Torvik. So, um, you know, Kansas is probably going to be preseason number one uh, across the board. You know, you've got another game in Auburn and Atlanta, which will be very tough. And then whatever second game you get out in New York, either uh, Texas or Louisville. So there, there's, I think it's going to be very similar to last year, where you're going to have four kind of very challenging um, non-conference games. Uh, you'll still have those Big Ten games sprinkled in in December, and then you'll have the seven home games. Uh, that'll be more of the uh, mid-major expected-to-win type variety. So I, I think they've done this pretty well uh, for the for the second year in a row and kind of finding a balance in their scheduling, and I think UConn will be especially challenging for Indiana. They, they did lose a significant chunk of their, their roster. I think they returned 40%, 42% of their minutes from last year. Some key guys are gone, like Sonogo and uh, Jordan Hawkins, uh, but they do have some key pieces. The the matchup that I think will be really fun to watch in that game will be 7-footer Khalil Ware against 7-foot-2 Donovan Klingon. Um, and, and Ware actually played against UConn last year when he was with Oregon and had a really good game against their big men. So that, that'll probably be a game that he goes into with some degree of confidence. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. We know you as a website media member, me as a radio show that hears some fans in the community and on the text line in different ways, Indiana fans like Kentucky fans, like Louisville fans, and I'm sure most fan bases take losses really hard. But and I'm not at all saying I think Indiana's going to lose to Connecticut. They may, but it's too early to know what Connecticut's going to be like. And I think it's definitely too early to know exactly what Indiana's going to be like. But a loss for Indiana might set up a game against Louisville, who I think is going to be a big underdog to Texas, I would guess. So that would be neat at Madison Square Garden. If you can't get excited for a typical third-place game, I think a lot of Indiana fans could really get excited about a third-place game featuring Indiana and the Louisville Cardinals. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I think that's probably a game that fans from both sides would like to see uh, just about every year if they could do it. I know Mike Woodson and and Kenny Payne have been talking about that. I think um, Coach Payne wanted some time to get kind of get his program uh, under control and rolling before he agreed to do that. But I think getting it in New York would be a, a different way to go about it, I guess. Um, but it's you know I I, I think. That, that's a, a game that should be played almost every year. It sounds like it's – I was stunned when I when I heard that uh, IU football in Louisville only played twice ever in the history of the two programs, and it looks like 
perhaps only one more time this year if Indiana does, in fact, get out of the, the games in 2024 and 25, as has been reported. So I think basketball might be our only hope to kind of keep any sort of rivalry going between those two schools. Definitely. Mike, one recruiting note I want to bring up. You've got a story, the feature story right now at thedailyhoosier.com. In-state guard in the class of 2025, Braylon Mullins. He doesn't, I don't think he has an offer yet from Indiana, but it's got to be coming. He's picking up a lot of high major offers, including Iowa, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, and others in recent weeks since his July play in front of coaches. He's got two visits set to Indiana. He's going to check in in September and then again for Hoosier Hysteria in October. So the interest heating up uh, between IU and the in-state guard, Braylon Mullins. Yeah, no doubt about it. He had a very, very good uh, close to his summer. Just really shot the ball well. Uh, kind of that prototypical, you know, six-five shooting guard. Um, you know, Indiana kid that can shoot the heck out of the ball. I think a lot of fans have wondered for a long time why IU doesn't go strong after after those kids. And you know, I, I think because of the the way he shot it on the Adidas circuit here in the last couple months. I think it is going to be a case where Indiana is going to end up offering him just because of the momentum that he has right now, and the timing makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, he the, the second visit in October is in connection with Hoosier Hysteria. So those, I mean, he, he won't be the only one there that night, obviously, and it becomes challenging for the coaching staff to – uh, pay a lot of close attention to each recruit on, on that night because there's so much going on. So that I think that's the reason why there's two scheduled there. They're 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 going to invite a lot of people to to Hoosier Hysteria, but the the one in September is just going to be Braylon and his family, and it'll give the the staff and him a chance to have some one on one time. All right, Mike, i got to bring this topic up. It's a general college basketball topic. I discussed it some in our headline segment today, but UofL, just across the river, they had this player, Trenton Flowers, incoming freshman, um, future NBA guy, very likely. He had been on campus all summer, uh, was uh, a lot of buzz around him for the upcoming season, and instead of continuing on with classes and being on the team, he announced yesterday that he is leaving Louisville immediately, headed to Australia to play professional basketball. I assume he plans to do that until he is uh, eligible for the NBA draft. But what a loss for Louisville, and to invest all the effort in the offseason into a player, and then at this point of August to see him defect, not because of a coaching change or surprise or because he uh, wanted to had a, a family emergency where he needed to get closer to home, but he just simply probably could make more money, he thinks, going to Australia and has already got NIL deals in Louisville. What an interesting situation and just another reminder that college basketball and college sports are different and they will never be the same ever again. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I think I also read where him playing point guard was an important part of it as well, which I I always wonder, like, I I can't tell you how many players I talked to that, you know, want to have the ball in their hands, want to be the point guard. And in my mind, I I keep thinking, well, there's four other spots on the court. If if you want to make it to the NBA, um, maybe focusing on the the spots that people don't want uh, might, might be your path. But, um, I agree. It's just another crazy layer. I mean, I, I don't claim to know 
anything about him or his family or what's best for them. They they could be making the best decision. And I think we've seen other players go that route of, you know, playing it uh, overseas uh, kind of until they're draft eligible and then, you know, getting drafted in and working out fine. So it's it's not like it's unprecedented. But if, for, for the, the Louisville standpoint, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't follow them or cover them, but it, I, I can tell you if, if this happened at Indiana where they're one of their top recruits left the team in August, right, right three months before the season, I think <laughs> the fan base would be losing their minds. And I have no doubt that that's part of what, what's going on at Louisville right now. And, and from a coaching staff standpoint, yeah, it's just very challenging to, to have someone depart at that late stage. Yeah, no question about it. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, he's with us Tuesdays on the show. Mike, I always enjoy this segment. Thank you so much for all your insight. Keep up the great work, and we'll talk with you next week. Okay, Matt. I always enjoy it, too. Talk to you later. All right, Mike Schumann with us Tuesdays. We cover a lot of ground. Mike is all over it. IU football, IU basketball, recruiting, the overall state of college sports. And guess what? Today we really haven't even talked about conference alignment. I've got a little note on that for the next segment as well. Also, the Big Ten football championship game in Las Vegas. Is that possible? We'll discuss that coming up as well. And the IU football win total for the year. A couple high school football things all coming your way. Stay with us. We'll be back with our final segment here on this Tuesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Tuesday program, the Big Ten football championship game. Could it be headed to Las Vegas? There have been a number of reports that at least uh, Las Vegas is a candidate. So, again, I know we've always complained, me included, when the Big Ten championships, the Big Ten tournaments aren't in Indianapolis or Chicago, which make a lot of sense for a Midwestern-based conference. But, We've seen the Big Ten go up east. We've seen the Big Team add teams from the east. Now the Big Ten adding teams from the west, becoming a super conference. No matter what we think, the days of a geographical thought or regional conference are gone. So Las Vegas makes sense. I know some people will disagree and argue and not like that like that point, but it just simply does. That's where we're at with the Big Ten conference. It is a uh, essentially a national conference at this point, and I think that's only going to continue as well. One other note, I, I saw a story that someone sent me from uh, uh, from Nebraska AD Trev Alberts, and he's a former ESPN analyst that has turned into a college athletic, uh, athletic director, athletic administrator. He said, quote, he thinks the next round of conference re- realignment will be, quote, far more disruptive than what we're currently experiencing. He went on to say, I don't believe it's done. It's never been done. It's more likely than not there will be continued periods of angst. I believe that the next go-around 
uh, will be far more disruptive than anything we are, we're currently engaged in. We need to prepare ourselves mentally for that. So he's an AD, a former TV guy. Maybe I'm sure he knows a lot more than what we know. But I agree. Just looking at this thing, conference realignment is not done. There are a lot of chips still at play that could uh, really change things. And so we'll see what happens next and how it affects the Big Ten. But the Big Ten does seem to be in a really good position. So final thing I want to bring up today, IU football win totals. Love to hear your win total. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. You can send in what you think. Justin Kalen, the producer most days of this show, is joining me right now to give his thoughts on IU football and a win total for this season. Justin, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, how about you go first? I'm, I'm interested in what you have to say. I think Indiana football is a four-win team at best this season. I really do. I think that they lose to Ohio State. I'm gonna, just going to go basically within reason game by game. I think they lose to Ohio State. I think they beat Indiana State. I really think they lose to Louisville. But we'll see. I know Louisville just had a big injury, so I, that that's kind of up in the air. But for now, I'm going to call it a loss. They win against Akron. I don't know if they win against Maryland. I think they beat either Maryland or Rutgers. Uh, Maryland is on the road. Rutgers is at home. I think they win one of those two. And then sandwich in between those games, they lose to Michigan. Then they lose to Penn State, lose to Wisconsin, beat Illinois, beat Michigan State. They could beat Purdue. That could be their fifth win of the year, but I'm not going to count on it, especially yet. So I'm going to go four wins. Ohio State's definitely a loss. Let me give you the definite wins. Indiana State, Akron, uh, either Maryland or Rutgers, and Purdue. I almost say Purdue. Four, Four wins. That's... Five potential opponents to get four wins from, Justin. There you go. Man, that is – yeah, I mean, when you look at this schedule as a whole, it's it's kind of a mess. You've got – when I look at it, the winnable games that you can get in conference, the, the Illinois, the Purdue's, those two games specifically, even Maryland if you want to throw that in, those are all three winnable games. But the only issue I have is they're all on the road, and that really concerns me. So when you look at – when you break it down in home versus – Away, I mean, your home games are pretty good. You've got the, you've got Rutgers, where you've got a real opportunity. Wisconsin, they just lost their quarterback, so you never know what's going to happen there. I'm ultimately with you though that Indiana probably loses that game. But then you get Michigan State at home as well. So I mean, you've got some winnable games at home. I just you have your more winnable games on the road, and that's somewhat concerning to me. So ultimately, I'm with you on four wins for this team. All right, good. I thought maybe you would get on me. I thought maybe you would have them at five. But, no. Or, be, I, I or just, be optimistic. You're an optimistic guy, and you're a big Indiana fan, so that, I thought maybe you'd have them. Very true that I'm optimistic, but when it comes to Indiana football and what I've seen in my life, it is really hard to be optimistic. And I hate being that way. I really do. It's just it. we've had so few great seasons that it's just hard to see a great season or even five, six wins out of this team. I mean, just and, – and that's more of a testament to the conference as opposed to Indiana. I mean, the conference, as you know, has gotten really, really good throughout the years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we haven't talked for a while. Next addition to the Big Ten Conference, if uh, alignment continues and there's movement, who do you think it could be? Ooh, that's a really great question. I've been on record as saying Notre Dame and – North Carolina will both be in the Big Ten one day. But I could be way wrong on that. That is just my 
early premonition guess there. You know, I think it, I've thought a lot about this and I've read a lot about this. I think the Big Ten should take Stanford. I know it doesn't add up to the football equation. I know it probably doesn't make sense for TV money, but from the academic side and the Olympic sports side, yeah. and I mean, even women's basketball has been good. Men's basketball at times is good. I, I just don't think that it's that bad of an addition. I wish that they would include them. Yeah, so. I mean, you could they'd really help out in terms of like swimming, diving, water polo, those those types of sports is where Stanford really excels. So yeah, they would absolutely help the Big 10. But I just ultimately Matt, I don't know at the end of the day how travel's going to work with all these smaller sports, the Olympic sports as you would say. Yeah, going to be interesting. There's yeah. a lot to pay attention to in the coming years when it comes to all this conference shift. And you're right. We're thinking about football and men's basketball and the big sports, and I'm sure they'll make it work and find ways to make it happen a couple times a week for basketball and weekly for football. But some of these other sports, it's going to be very, very interesting and a lot of travel changes coming for these coaches and, most importantly, the student athletes as well. I think we forget that sometime. Justin, thank you. Good to catch up. Thanks okay. for all your help with the show. No problem. Absolutely. All right. That's going to wrap things up for our Tuesday program. I'm out of here. Back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star and Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, scheduled to join us here on our Wednesday program. Week one of high school football coming up Friday night. More chatter on that ahead as well. Catch you tomorrow here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>